I am your constant companion. I am your greatest helper or heaviest burden. I will push you onward or drag you down to failure. I am completely at your command. Half of the things you do, you might as well turn over to me and I will do them. Quickly and correctly. I am easily managed. You must be firm with me. Show me exactly how you want something done. And after a few lessons, I will do it automatically. Mm. I am the servant of great people and the last of all failures as well. Those who are great, I have made great. Those who are failures, I have made failures. I am not a machine, though I work with the precision of a machine, plus the intelligence of a person. You may run me for profit or run me for ruin. It makes no difference to me. Take me, train me, be firm with me, and I will place the world at your feet. <laughs> be easy with me, and I will destroy you. Who am I? I am habit. Today, we are covering the book, Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Join us. You're listening to Lit Society. Let's get lit. Let's get lit! This is Alexis. And this is Kari. You're listening to Lit Society, a podcast about books and drama. You know, a man start telling you that run far, far away. Cause that ain't no good coming for that. He talking, what he said, he a servant of the people. You can hire me, you can have me. Mm-mm. Sound like a setup. Take me, train me, be firm with me. Who was you me. talking to when you was reading that intro? Is that in the book? Where'd you get that from? Did you write that? That is an anonymous poem. It's been floating around forever. It's I've never heard poem. it. Brilliant. We're going to credit it to poem. you. Alexis wrote that. Um, so I anywhere y'all see that unaccredited <laughs> or unknown, go ahead and put at Alexis is traveling. <laughs> no, no, I did not. That is an anonymous poem. It has been around forever. As long as I can remember. Okay. Anyway, that's it, Kari. Um, listen. When we first started this podcast, wait a minute, let me just pause for a second and let y'all know I am back in the States. She's back! Yay! <sighs> Cheerio! <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> beans and breakfast. Beans and blood for breakfast. <laughs> not beans and blood for breakfast, but yes, beans and blood. But not everybody eats the blood, okay? We don't All do right. that. All right, we don't do that. So but how does I'm it back. feel? How did so are you in um are you in you're not in Chicago? Are you in New York? I'm not in New York. I'm back you're in the Midwest. Um, in Wisconsin. Okay. Wisconsin, yes. Back in wow. Wisconsin. Wow. So how does it feel? How do you feel? Uh I'm adapting. I'm still yeah. adapting. Yeah, you know, the sides of the street. <laughs> Beyond, I drove for the first time in months yesterday. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, yeah, it's an adjustment. Yeah, just have to remember where I am. So <laughs> that's about it. Other than oh. that, all is well. And the people, right. I gotta say, the people are different than the people. It's just like a very clear difference. Um, and that feels. 
I don't even know how to explain it. I have to think about it some more. I'm like, why are these people different? But I'll yeah, get to you the think about it that. and get back to me because I hate when people say that you are in one part of the UK. And since you've been back, you've been in New York, you've been in Wisconsin, New York and Wisconsin. People are different. Absolutely. So, you can't, <laughs> what, so Absolutely. yeah, you think about it. You let us know how we differ. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, Alexis is a study abroad student and we just going to have to prepare to get sick of her. She's going to be saying <laughs> everything be different. Sick because <laughs> I might throw my English words in there too sometimes. I know. I thought about you when he was saying how sometimes you adapt the um, accent of the place you're visiting. I said, Alexis uh, and Madonna been tripping for a while, but we're going to let it ride. She said, do you think they'll let me back in? <laughs> no, girl, you can't come back. <laughs> you there now. That's you. That's your home. All right, go but ahead. But they did let me back in and it was quite easy to get in. It was like, welcome, we missed you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, back to back. Kari, when we first started this podcast, you know, you said you did not like self-help books. But here we are in our fourth (laughs) season. And again, you have hit us with the okie doke, another self-help book. Okay, and I I was ready to bring self-help books to the table this year, but you beat me to the punch. What's going on? Why don't you like self-help books? And why are you having us read them this season? Yeah, I don't know. And this isn't the last one I have on the schedule. I really don't know. I have no explanation. At first, I thought, you know, the beginning of the year, everyone's trying to get their money right. Everyone's trying to form good habits. So it makes sense that we start reading these books at the beginning of the year, mostly for the benefit of our readers. I'd be thinking about y'all. But now I'm like, oh, no, this was for me all along. (laughs) I want to get my money right. I want to form better habits for me. And so, yeah, I'm reading these books. It's time Habits, of course, is um, now an icon in the self-help book world that everyone's Mm -hmm. read. I never read it. I thought, why not? Okay, I could use better habits. What about you? And there's more, you say. There's more to come. Yeah. So I may not have to insert my self-help books at all this year. (laughs) Well, you're going to you're if you bring in self-help books, they're usually about identity. They they're usually trying to improve us in a different, more deeper way. Mine's just like, you know, how to get to the money, how to get to the money (laughs) and how to do it in an automatic way. (laughs) Different things. Right. Right. Okay. so with that, I'd like to jump into our theme of the week. Each week, we select a theme to discuss inspired by the book we're reading. This week's theme is the how to make the most, excuse me, this week's theme is how to make the most of self-help books. And we'll talk about a few kinds of self-help books as well. Kari, how much do you think the self-help industry is worth? I would say, oh, when you think of Oprah and all of the self-help experts that she has introduced into our world, (laughs) plus the books, the television shows, I'm going to say $10 million. Ooh, and you are right. In 2020, self-help books in the U.S. were um, $10.5 
billion dollars. Wow. And it's expected to grow to 13 billion by 2025. Wow. In the UK, self-help books earn publishers 60 million pounds. And that includes motivational speakers, weight loss, personal coaching, and other areas of self-help books. Of self-help, period. So I was gonna dig into that and so I checked out a few websites and one of them was the pros and cons of reading self-help books trackinghappiness.com um why self-help books don't work and how to nevertheless <laughs> benefit from them that was on forbes.com and then um there was another article on Cambridge it was like it was called use of written cognitive behavioral therapy self-help materials to treat depression. Mm, that's Listen, interesting. guess what? The, fi- <laughs> the findings of that Cambridge.org study said that self-help materials can be effective mm. and they're helpful with learning new life skills. So let's talk about a few cons from self-help books. What do you think the, is one of the popular cons of reading self-help books, Kari? Actually, while reading this self-help book, I thought about preparation versus um, participation. So we could overanalyze our situation, reading self-help books and never putting to action the actionable items uh, that we learn from them. So over analysis, perhaps. Otherwise, I would say uh, reading self-help books might have a reverse effect where you feel always like you're reaching for something that's unachievable, this success. Mm. And everyone has the answers but you. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Um, actually, those are really the cons that I came across. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. There were a bunch of them. I just chose three of them from one of the articles. And it said they give wrong or harmful advice, false hope, mm-hmm. making people refrain from receiving professional help is one. And then they have a placebo effect. People pay attention to something they didn't pay attention to before. And so now this new information is like, oh, OK, I never heard that before. So it's um, it's not really that helpful because you already had that information. You just weren't mm-hmm, paying attention mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. And then thirdly, the advice <clears throat> is common sense or overly sim- simplistic. And then what you mentioned, people don't act on it. Right. Right. So, That's really interesting. After reading a self-help book, you can feel empowered to improve your life. So we want to look at some pointers that is going to help us make the changes that the the book is suggesting. All okay, right, step good. one, read the book thoroughly and with intention. Make sure your environment is conducive to your ability to receive the information with intention and purpose. So what does that mean? For you, well, for me, that may mean reading in a quiet and a place, a quiet place, free from distraction and not feeling rushed when I'm reading. Because if I rush through a reading, it's not going to sink in and I'm not going to um, really hold on to the information that I read if I feel rushed when I'm reading. Step two is be open to suggestions. The article reminds us that our own ideas may be colored by our own experiences and they won't um, include the most recent research on a topic. So if we come across something Mm -hmm. that's strange or doubtful, we should make a note about it, come back to it 
um, come back to that thought later. And the ideas may come together later in the book. And yeah, when like I if read you're reading self- a self-help book, if you're reading a self-help book that's full of quotes from Scott Adams, rethink what you're reading and perhaps the year it was published. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So when I read the self-help, I always tell myself that I'm going to take what I need and leave the rest behind because there are times when it just really doesn't fit you. And so why mm-hmm. take what doesn't fit? It's not that you don't have an open mind. I feel like we read a lot of self-help books that tell you to leave your family if they're making you unhappy. <laughs> That's a running thing. Do your kids, leave- are your kids garbage? Leave them. Get your own place. Yeah, leave that behind. Definitely leave, leave that, that behind. Mm-hmm. Leave that trauma behind you. Don't take that with you. Stay with your family, okay? I yeah, mean, you know the best that. for you. Anyway, <laughs> you may not agree with everything that's being said um, after reading the whole book through. That that may be true. So that may be a whole book to chuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Step three, take notes and make plans to put them into action. All the self-help books I've read have actionable steps. So um, you can take those actions and kind of watch your success or watch yourself improve. You can, you know, write that stuff down. Take them notes, mm-hmm. okay? And then fourth, journal your progress. Record your experiences. Um, this will help you on your journey to self-improvement. And we kind of did that when we read one of our books. We kind of recorded our experience as we were uh, doing it. And it did have some fun. improvement on that. Yeah, right? it was. Re- yeah. Go back. I'll just tell them. Go back and listen to Fill the Fear and do it anyway. Spoiler, we don't recommend it. But we refer to that book often. And you need to hear Alexis with her affirmations in the morning. Hilarious. I am worthy. I am good. <laughs> I am successful. I said, what is this? I got my own faith. <laughs> I no, wanted I to can't. participate. <laughs> there were things to no, do. No, and positive a- affirmations help a lot of people. So we're these are just jokes. <laughs> okay, step five. Enjoy the journey. Recognize self-help, self-improvement can take time. So you need to be patient with yourself and celebrate your victories. Focus on correcting negative behaviors without demonizing yourself, which is kind of what you said also in your con section. So that's, that's it for the thing of the week. Any questions? No, this was brilliant. Thank you for sharing that with us. Okay. Well, so, let's yeah, get- self-help books. Don't feel bad if you don't feel helped by them and don't necessarily dismiss them um, if they don't solve all of your problems. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's take a break before we jump into the author and context. And we're back. Kari, what can you share about our author and any context for this book? Well, the author is James Clear, and he's a writer, public speaker, 
Um, he's, he's always focused in his public life on habits, decision-making and continuous improvement. And I'm getting this from his website. So of course it's going to put him in the best light possible. <laughs> I actually did try to find some um, more neutral dirt. information about oh. him or perhaps <laughs> interviews. What was okay. you saying? Some dirt. Yes, some dirt. No, no, but just something that's not like you know praising him so much. I can find any. Um, I can really find interviews from publications that I read. So I left that on the playground. Um, continuing with James Clear, his book Atomic Habits has sold over 10 million copies worldwide and has been translated into more than 50 languages. His popular three to one email newsletter, which he talks about in this book, now has over two million subscribers. That's huge. Oh, so, wow. Kudos. Okay. Whoa. Thank you. Uh, Kari, mm-hmm. you want to give us a brief synopsis? Before we jump into our deep dive, remember that in a game, both sides of the field aim to win, but one team has a better system. Stop making goals and start changing your habits. Atomic Habits is yet another self-help book telling us we're not the problem while assuring us that we most definitely are the problem. Its pages offer practical guidance and real life anecdotes to illustrate that new habits make new results. Alexis, Who do you think would benefit from this book? Who would like it? I should say not benefit. Who would like this type of book? Anybody on a journey to um, consistency in life. Consistency. Um, I like that. Mm -hmm. I I know I struggle with consistency a lot of times. And so this book was helpful in that, um, in that vein. So yeah, if you're, you struggle with consistency, some of the tips that he gives here might be helpful for you. Mm-hmm. And Kari, why did you choose this book? I chose it because um, it's still the first quarter of the year and a lot of people are looking for better habits. Um, we're sick of doing the things that didn't work for us last year and we want new ways to approach old problems. Mm. Yeah, that's a goodie. All right. So are you ready to take a spoiler filled deep dive into tiny changes, remarkable results, atomic habits? Easy You're the only person way. that know the full title. <laughs> Go ahead. What is it? What's the? I was like, she done got the wrong book. What is the title? <laughs> no. Go ahead, Alexis. You professional. I love that. Go ahead. Tiny <laughs> changes, remarkable results, atomic habits, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. Yep, that's it. <laughs> okay, here we go. Part one: Atomic Bats. So. He starts with his own story. He was in school one day. This is high school, right? Yeah. This is high school and he's playing baseball. His dad was a pro player, right? So he aspires to become a baseball player. Um, But unfortunately, he took a bat to the face. Now, taking a ball to the face will give you a concussion. A bat to the face can kill you. A ball to the face can kill you. So uh, what happened with James is that after much hysteria, he was induced into a coma and it was like touch and go. And it was really sad because his parents um, were in the same hospital years before with their daughter who had cancer at the time. She walked out cancer free. Thank goodness. Um, and now they back in the hospital with James. It's like yeah. these kids. So um, he explains that as he was brought out of the coma, he was encouraged to blow his nose and his eyeball popped out. 
No. Yeah, no. he was in bad oh. straight. <laughs> Please don't do that. And I thought, oh no, push the eyeball back in. Hurry up. But you can't do that because it's like air behind the corneas of rapist. <laughs> I'm just making stuff up, y'all. I'm talking about that. <laughs> but the part about his eyeball is true. He had to just wait and hope that the eyeball would go back in. I share this to, sh- to share how bad off he was in the moment. However, it was terrible reading that. (laughs) (laughs) It was absolutely terrible reading that. Now, remember, we're a video podcast. So if y'all want to know the faces we make it, please go to YouTube. That's Lit Society Pod. Despite this setback, James made it to a college baseball team. He didn't play that much. I don't know. Maybe they felt sorry for him. Maybe they saw his potential. No, he worked really hard to get there by applying habits. It's only been a few months. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, So this is when he discovered the power of micro habits in college. So he would clean his room while everybody else was out partying. He would make sure his room was optimized for success. And this sounds like a kind of a joke, but this is real. Like we can all attest to this. When your space is tidy, your mind is tidy. Mm -hmm. If you want to know what mental state your friend is in, stop by their house unannounced. I've done that a few (laughs) times with Alexis and I was worried. Just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It, it anyway. ain't far from truth, y'all. It ain't far from truth. <laughs> same here. Same mm. here. That's any of us. <laughs> so he would keep his room clean and, and make sure that he had these like micro study sessions, um, which I really admired because what I do is procrastinate and wait till the last minute. And now I got to read a book in one day. Hello, Atomic Habits. <laughs> so he would make sure to read a little bit every day. This led to straight A's and more confidence. Um, So six years after a bat to the face, James was selected as the top male athlete at his university. He was named to ESPN's academic All-American team and was awarded the university's highest academic honor, which was the president's medal. These are just a few of the achievements he um, gained at the end of his university career. Um, He wasn't a star pro athlete. That may have been the goal, but what he'd accomplished was just as rare. He fulfilled his potential. The Mm -hmm. lesson, changes that seem small and unimportant at first will compound into remarkable results if you're willing to stick with them for years. Uh, I loved this. He says the quality of our lives often depends on the quality of our habits. Good job, James. Mm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. J- James took his love of habits and started publishing articles on jamesclear.com. There was a time in history, you guys, when all you needed to do was have a good idea and a website. And you could have a career. I just want you to know it was great. Um, he'd published twice per week. And this habit led to 30,000 subscribers in a year's time. That's astronomical. That, Obviously, that he was wild. doing something right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Four years after um, starting his website, his articles began to appear in major publications, um, pro Pro uh, team coaches were pasting his articles in the locker room for motivation. Two years later, his book was born. 
Mm. How will this book help you? Well, this is what James says. There's no right way to create better habits, but this is what he knows worked for him. The strategies within this book, James assures, are relevant to anyone and its approach will be effective regardless of where you start or what you're trying to change. So we feel good. We're like, oh, this is for all of us, no matter who we are. Here we go. Part two. Atomic Habikes. Don't worry, you guys. I won't continue like this. In 110 years, no British cyclist had won the Tour de France. Bike manufacturers was telling the uh, British team, don't even go near our bikes. We, you won't have to ride Huffies because if folks see you riding our bikes, they're going to think our bikes are for losers. For real. Yes. <laughs> so then the British team brought on a coach or made head coach, I think, uh, Dave Brailsford. And he transformed the team using a strategy that he called the aggression of marginal gains. Um, this is similar to and James doesn't say this, but I'm relating it to. Rudy Giuliani's broken window um, like method. And what I know about this is that um, what he would do to curtail crime or at least vandalism was if a window is broken, let's say on a subway, get it fixed within hours so that um, all of these micro improvements are removing vandalism within hours. It causes a lot of work, but it deters people from vandalizing again. Not only do they know their work won't be saved, uh, they know that broken window will eventually be, will soon be replaced, but it gives everyone an overall feeling that this is not the place for that type of behavior. Mm. James, um, James's illustration or anecdote about um, Dave Brailsford also applies this method. So with the bike team, he would make sure that they had more comfy bike seats. If you're performing and you're sweating a lot, let's change everybody's clothes right away. Now we're wearing indoor clothes outside because actually indoor bike clothes perform better. Um, let's test massage gels to find out which one leads to faster muscle recovery. All these micro improvements. And this led to in a five year span or actually five years after he started as coach within a six year span, that team won five Tour de France victories. Mm -hmm. The lesson, small habits make a big difference. Um, Think about if you have a billion dollars every month, your your income every year is twelve billion dollars. But every month you're spending two billion. You're not going to be. Um, financial, financially secure, you know, in a month, <laughs> you won't be financially secure. But if you make $10,000, oh, that's a lot. If you make $5,000 every month, but you save $50 every two weeks, that w- money will accumulate and the interest it earns will even start to compound. So, um, Small habits, small improvements lead to larger exponential victories or successes. Um, So there's also a chart here on page 19 I wanted to refer to. This is so entertaining for podcast (laughs) listeners. 
Um, but I just want to read a couple things from this chart. Uh, on one side, it has positive compounding and the other side, it has negative compounding. So just like we want to form good habits, there are bad habits that we want to break, right? Well, right. on the positive compounding side, it has productivity compounds and it says accomplishing one extra task is a small feat on any given day, but it counts for a lot over an entire career. The effect of automating an old task or mastering a new skill can be even greater. The more tasks you can handle without thinking, the more your brain is free to focus on other areas. And then on the negative compounding side, it talks about stress compounds, the frustration of a traffic jam, um, the weight of parenting responsibilities, the worry of making ends meet. By themselves, these common causes of stress are manageable. But when they persist for years, little stresses compound into serious health issues. So that's just an illustration of how a compound compounding effects work. Um, and then he has another one about relationships. I'm just going to read the positive one. Um, it says people reflect your behavior back to you. The more you help others, the more others want to help you. Being a little bit nicer in each interaction can result in a network of broad and strong connections over time that I really loved. OK, so let's move on. We only have an hour here, you guys. So um <laughs> The problem with goals. So now James starts attacking our goals. He says, you do not rise to the level of your goals. But what, Alexis? Do you remember? No. <laughs> That's okay. You fall to the level of your systems. Oh, that That's was good. like a major point in his book. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. No, it's okay. I know it's been a while since you read this book and I just finished a little <laughs> over an hour ago. So everything is fresh in my mind. Um, so many runners, for example, stop training after the race. Why? Because the race was the goal. That's the problem with goals. They have an end. But goals don't bring success. Systems do. Falling in love with a system, with the work, means we don't need to reach the goal to feel successful. We find joy from the micro improvements. If you want better results, forget about goals and focus instead on systems. Here's an example. Mm -hmm. We might want to lose 10 pounds or 50. Um, <laughs> after working out for a week, we can become discouraged if the weight isn't lost yet. Y'all, I've been getting on the Peloton every day for two days. Why am I not? Um, <laughs> why don't I have a six pack? But... <laughs> What I failed to do was fall in love with the daily system of conditioning my body. I don't need to reach the goal. And in fact, um, I'll probably surpass the goal if I fall in love with the system. Mm -hmm. Breakthrough moments often are the result of many previous actions, which build up the potential required to unleash a major change. And if you're like, how I'm going to fall in love with working out every day, don't worry, we'll get to that soon. <laughs> So part of the reason why we often fail at ch changing our habits is because we're focused on changing the wrong things, James says. There are three levels at which change can occur. Think of it like an onion. There's the outer layer and that's what you get. Think of losing weight, publishing a book, etc. The middle layer, which is the process, um, that's what you do. Think a new gym routine, a better workflow, etc. And then the inner layer, layer and that inner layer is what you believe. That's your identity. That's your worldview, your self image. Focus on who you are trying to become. Focus on that inner layer and trying to change that, not the outside layer, which is what we get from the change. Ooh, mm -hmm. that's kind of good. Mm -hmm. Trying to quit smoking? Don't say when somebody offers you a cigarette. Oh, no, sorry, I'm trying to quit. 
first of all, you apologizing for doing good. And second of all, you're not trying to quit. Say instead, oh, no, I'm not a smoker. And they say, but you was just smoking yesterday. Ah, <laughs> yesterday's price is not today's price. No, let them know. I'm a different person every day. Don't do that. I don't, I don't smoke. is a new day. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you don't want to eat meat for a week. Somebody offer you, you know, meat. You like, oh, no, I'm actually a vegetarian. And they like, hold on, you ate a burger last week. Remember when Beyonce was trying to push her vegan program on us? And we was like, you was just with Nicki Minaj eating cheeseburgers. And she was like, ah, buy this program. That's what we talking about. That's good. Listen, to, every day is new. Today, I'm not that. Yep. Yesterday, I was. Yep, stop okay? living in the past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. So small changes, uh, but go, they go right to our identity and how we work. So behavior that is incongruent with our identity will not last. You need to change who you are. Boom. I like that. When your pride gets involved, you'll fight to maintain the habit. You're like, this is part of my identity. I'm not a smoker. I don't eat meat. I work out every day. I'm a healthy person. Now my pride is involved. I'm going, you know, stick up for myself, champion myself. <laughs> so anyway, the best version of self requires that I continually upgrade my beliefs and expand my identity. Personal note, I made a salad for my cousin once and they was like, oh, we don't really eat peppers like that. I don't know. That made me mad. And I just thought about it when I was reading this book. Or when people say, oh, black people don't really do that. First of all, <laughs> how that's true if I'm black and I'm doing it. Now, I get it that you can say overall culture wise or, you know, this family doesn't usually behave like this. But don't then say don't predict actions based on what usually happens. Obviously, I'm really mad about that salad. <laughs> you so, do feel <laughs> some type of way about that salad. Did you have a conversation to let them know how you felt? It was a Greek salad. It's silly to say we don't really eat peppers like that. That was crazy. That was just crazy. I really hated it. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> the process of building habits is the process of building who we are. First, decide who you want to be. What are your principles and values? Who is the type of person that could get that outcome that I want? Um, example, I'm a healthy person. A healthy person doesn't eat burritos for breakfast. Um, instead, they do this or that. I don't know what they do, but do that. <laughs> you become your habit. I, want, I just wanted to know what you was going to say. What does a healthy person do? I can think none. Mm. I, I don't know her. So anyway, um, he gives me another anecdote. You put some cats in a box. Cruel. And give them a lever to get out of the box and eat food. The first time, it might take them a while to get out of that box. But soon you put them back in that box and they're getting out in seconds. They know right away. And this is because our brain is always cataloging the events that precede an award. Habits are reliable solutions to reoccurring problems. Habits are reliable solutions to reoccurring problems. Twice for emphasis. Mm -hmm. Habits do not lessen spontaneity and freedom, you guys. Some people are like, but I want to live life by the seat of my pants. This yeah. Alexis. Yeah. I just want to travel to a new country, not have no place to stay and just let life happen to me. <laughs> Make me anxious. <laughs> anyway, you guys, habits don't lessen spontaneity and freedom. They create it. Better spending habits, for example, means more money to spend on things we love or value. 
So how habits work. There are four steps that lead to habits and he's going to break them all down throughout the rest of the book. Um, Our minds are always trying to find how close we are to a reward. Keep that in mind. So the first step is the cue. That's the first indication that we're close to the reward. It leads to the craving. So the cue can be the smell of pizza or our phone dinging. Number two, cravings are linked to our desire to change our internal state. An example, craving for food or curiosity about the message on our phone. Those are cravings, Mm. curiosity and craving for food. Okay. Number three, response. This depends on the strength of motivations and our abilities. The response is about obtaining the reward. So the response could be buying the pizza or picking up our phone and reading the message. And then number four, the reward. That could be no longer feeling hungry or having our curiosity satisfied. Uh, There's a chart on chapter or I'm sorry, on page 54. If you guys have the book, I recommend you look at it because it breaks down. Do, 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 do. Um, How to create a good habit when it comes to the cue, make it obvious when it comes to the craving, make it attractive when it comes to the response, make it easy. And when it comes to the rewards in our life, make them satisfying. Um, And then if we're trying to break habits, then when it comes to the cue, make it invisible. When it comes to the craving, make it unattractive. When it comes to the response, make it difficult. And when it comes to the reward, make it unsatisfying. Again, he's going to break that down as we continue. If a behavior If a behavior is insufficient in any of the four categories above, it will not become a habit. Okay, so here we go. Now we're going to tackle how to make it obvious, how to make it attractive, how to make it easy, how to make it satisfying. Here we go. Let's get into it. The first law. Yeah, let's get into it. Woo! Now the book starts. <laughs> Why do these books always take so long to just start? We done heard about the eyeball popping out, cats Ooh. in a box. Can you teach us how to make good habits? That's why we're here. So here we go. <clears throat> the first law, make it obvious. She didn't like his face. This is an anecdote. A woman was visiting her in-laws, looked at her father-in-law and was like, I don't like your face. Jokingly, he was like, I don't like your face either. I don't think you attractive. And she was like, no, you need to go to the hospital. Minutes later, he is undergoing undergoing a life-saving heart procedure. So that daughter-in-law was a paramedic. And for years, she'd seen signs of people going through heart failure. She couldn't tell you what she saw in her father-in-law's face that made her think he needed to go to the hospital. But her brain had collected these signals and was triggering her, letting her know that her father-in-law was in danger. Automatically, our brain is saving cues. We can also act automatically based on repetition. This is why we need awareness. We need to be aware of why we do things, why we make choices. Here's an exercise. Make a list of your daily habits. An example is on page 64. Maybe it's I wake up, I push the snooze button, I push it again, I push it again, (laughs) I get up, I make coffee, you know, stuff like that. Um, Next to good habits, make a plus sign. Next to neutral habits, make an equal symbol. And next to ineffective or what we like to call bad habits, make a negative symbol. Score your habits. How many are positive? How many are neutral? And how many are ineffective? Having trouble rating your habits? Ask yourself, will this habit help me become the type of person I wish to be? I love that. Um, It's pressing the snooze button five times, helping you reach your goals. It's not. 
them is negative habits. Stop doing it, Kari. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> the most common cues for us. Uh, do you remember, Alexis, what they are? It's two things. Uh, no. <laughs> Literally, I just finished this book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll give you an anecdote and maybe you'll remember. Uh, so researchers in Great Britain began working with 248 people to build better exercise habits over the course of two weeks. They organized the people into three groups. The first group was the control group. They was like, hey, y'all go out there, exercise and track your activity. The second group was the motivation group. They sent them a whole bunch of studies about how great exercise is for you, how it improves your heart and all that. And number three was the intend to implement group. They had to write down during the next week, I will partake in at least 20 minutes of vigorous exercise on this day at this time and in this place. Which of the three groups do you think was the most successful, Alexis? The third group. Of course. And that's because time and location are the most common and the strongest cues. The format for creating an implication, I'm sorry, the format for creating an implementation intention is when situation X arises, I will perform Y in response. Use this to write and execute habits. Okay. So um, perhaps write down when the clock Wakes me up at 6 a.m. I will run for at least one mile on this day, on Tuesday. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> anyway, keep a little notebook by your bed or something and have your little intentions with the time and date in them listed. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it'll help. I didn't do that. Okay. Habit <laughs> stacking. After I wake up, I will read one chapter of a book. We actually talked about this before. I don't know if you remember, but habit stacking can be, um, yeah, after you wake up, you read one chapter of a book. After you read one chapter, you exercise for an hour. Choose a time when you'll be most successful. So set, set yourself up for winning. Um, don't be like at 2 a.m. I'm going to do this. Go ahead. Yeah. So that's like the um, adding um, a new habit to something you're already doing right so yeah exactly you automatically get because up because you want a domino effect of good habits yeah you get up in the morning you go to the bathroom while I'm in the bathroom as soon as I get off the toilet I'm gonna do 15 squats yeah because I'm already yeah. in the bathroom um, or getting off the toilet I'm already squatting I might as well add a few more so Alexis's example is really great because naturally you're going to go to the restroom when you first wake up. So tie a good habit to that behavior that your body is already going to make you do. That's actually brilliant. So thank you, Alexis. Mm. Um, consider writing what happens to you each day to find a good place to fit in new habits. Now, make it obvious. Visual cues are the greatest catalysts of our behavior. So create obvious visual cues. Want to drink more water? Place water around the house. Want to work out more? Put the Peloton in your bedroom like I did. Maybe it'll help. Maybe you'll hang your clothes on it. Use the power of context. Form habits and spaces you want to connect with certain behaviors. Can't sleep? Perhaps get out of bed, sit on the couch and read until you become sleepy. Then you associate your bed with sleeping only. Uh, that's interesting. I don't know. I've heard that before. Mm -hmm. Want to stop being on self social media? Don't use social media on a tablet or computer that you use for reading or work. 
The people with the most self-control, James says, are those who have to use self-control the least. Create an environment that leads to the desired outcome. So you're not always having to exercise um, mindfully your self-control, you know. We inevitably become a product of our environment. So optimize your environment by making cues for bad habits more invisible. Take food you don't want to eat out of the kitchen. Remove television from rooms you don't want to be distracted in. Um, So, yeah, part four, the second law, make it attractive. (laughs) Temptation building. We've talked about this too, Alexis. The need for dope. Listen, y'all, we love dope. (laughs) Habits are all about releasing dopamine. So um, this is interesting. The anticipation, not the action, releases the chemical in our brains. This is why cravings are so important. An example Um, There used to be this thing called TGIT. Thank God it's Thursday that ABC created with a bunch of Shonda Rhimes shows. And they would. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. And they (laughs) would tell uh, watcher viewers to get your popcorn, get your wine and watch these shows in succession. And they would even have characters on the show drinking wine and eating popcorn. This was brilliant because it's temptation building. You're taking something your viewers already want to do and you're telling them to do that while doing this other thing they love. And listen, I know so many people who now drink wine and popcorn as a thing, as a regular So many thing. skinny alcoholics were formed from TGIT. <laughs> <laughs> ABC got a lot of explaining to do. So, uh, but one example um, that I love is to save a podcast, save your favorite podcast for when you're working out. Um, if you can listen to podcasts while you work out, that way, you know that in order to listen to it, um, you have to be working out or what I'll do if a new album comes out that I want to hear. Um, and an album, you guys, is a complete work <laughs> of music. <laughs> they I know we got a lot those. of Gen Z Ooh. and a few Gen A listeners. <laughs> We got a few Gen A listeners on our podcast. It's a crazy way. Wait world. a minute. We done restarted the alphabet. Oh, Lord. I know. Yeah, we, it's Gen A. We are Gen A. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on because it's depressing. Ooh. So um, if the, if like a new album drops and I'm like, oh, I got to listen to that. I'll make sure to save it for when I'm in the gym or I'm working out. Um, and that's just temptation um, bundling. It's a little different in that case because what I'm doing is giving myself a reward for doing something that doesn't come automatically to me. So let's continue. Bad association spoils useful habits. Ever heard that? James hasn't because he says we are more likely to mimic the habits of our community and close associates. Mm -hmm. That's true. I mean, that's the same as the people watching um, the TGIT. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or people that are radicalized politically because of scrolling on social media. It sounds insane, Mm -hmm. but that works. Yeah. Yeah. That's science. So when we are unsure how to act, we look to the crowd around us for direction. Y'all scaling walls in D.C. That's what I'm going to do. So this also works in reverse. (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with me today. If we know more effective ways to do something than those around us, we'll actually do the less effective thing to fit in. Now, I hope this ain't true. I will say that you and I grew up being a little different. And I think that helps build backbone. Don't do what everybody else is doing. Always question it. Oh, please don't. If everybody doing it, hold on now. 
now. Why everybody doing it? Why? Everybody getting the vaccine? No, just kidding. Why is everybody doing that? <laughs> yeah. Why? But for real, question everything everybody doing. But inherently, we don't do that. We go with the flow. We tend to adopt the behaviors of the crowd because we'd rather be wrong with the crowd than right by ourselves. That, that's terrifying. That's, but it's true, right? For the most part, yeah. Yeah, we definitely see that uh, happening. So anyway, moving on. Find and fix the cause of your bad habits. Many times our cravings are connected to commonplace human desires, the need for pleasure, acceptance, joy, comfort. A craving um, creates a sense in us that something is missing. So desire is the difference between where you are now and where you want to be. When a habit successfully satisfies a craving, we're like, oh, we'll do that again. Because that satisfies my needs, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So um, people aren't smoking because they love tar in their mouth. They're smoking because it's a social thing, perhaps, and they want to feel socially accepted or because it's relaxing and they want to stop being anxious. So there are ways to break those bad habits when you realize the cause of them. Change your mindset. Instead of saying, I need to exercise, say, I get to move my body and get stronger. Get into it. <laughs> That's what I have to tell myself. <laughs> hey, it works. It does. Use rituals. Use if, rituals. This also works. Mm-hmm. If you just tell yourself you want to lose weight and you don't lose the weight, then you like, well, dang, what's the point? But if you tell yourself you want to get stronger, because if you work your body, it gets stronger. That's that. Right. And don't say I want to get stronger. Say I get to get stronger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get to get stronger. <laughs> say um, <laughs> sometimes what I'll say is I'm able to run. I'm able to that run. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. And really, a lot of people are not able to run. So I'm so grateful Listen, I have I'm one that of them privilege. People shoot. Yes, you can. I've seen you run. <laughs> um, I've seen you run away from a dinosaur. Check our TikTok for that. It's pinned to the top. You ain't got to search too long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so use rituals such as stretching sessions to get your mind in the right place for good habits. Before you work out, maybe take five minutes for a pleasurable stretch. Get those muscles warmed up and that gets your mind where it needs to be to continue the activity. Associate bad habits with negative feelings. Make them unattractive. Hang up British teeth on your wall if you want to stop smoking. Things like that. So part five, the third law, make it easy. Performance is more effective than preparation. And this is kind of what we were alluding to at the beginning of the show. Preparation can actually become a distraction. Action makes us proficient. Now there is a saying, measure twice, cut once. Sure. But don't measure a hundred times. You get what we're saying? (laughs) So focus on taking action. (laughs) Yeah, don't overanalyze, overprepare. Focus on taking action, not just being in motion. So writing is more effective than spending hours learning to write. Working out is more effective than reading workout magazines. There, There are practical examples. So the law of least effort. Habits are obstacles to what we really want. So some days we don't feel like doing the hard work. The key is to achieve more with less effort. Appeal to the lazy person in you. I have one. They're not too hard to find. Mm-hmm. I met <laughs> her and we love her. I love her. <laughs> she gets nothing done. <laughs> nothing. So remove frictions. <laughs> 
Remove frictions that hold you back. Optimize your environment. Remove apps that suck your time and energy. Give yourself fewer choices and options. Ooh, For real, that works. That's hard. This <laughs> is true. But it is. Walk into a room and clean one thing in that room. Or once a day, this is what I've been doing. Once a day, clean a little. Every room you walk in, clean a little. Anyway, don't turn on the television unless you know exactly what you want to watch. This is easy for me because television been terrible lately. Why do <laughs> I still have Netflix? That's for another show. <laughs> Design a world where it's easy to do what's right. Prime your environment to make good habits easier. Use the two minute rule to stop procrastinating. So when you start a new habit, start with two minute versions of it. Read before bed each night becomes read one page. I believe in this. Mm. Read three, uh, run three miles becomes tie my running shoes. I don't believe in that because I walked around all day in my running <laughs> shoes thinking, I'm going to go. I'm going to go running. I have put on workout so clothes and walked one. around all day now because I like that. <laughs> okay, looking cute. Oh, okay. Ivy Park. I can't get this sweaty. Yes. Um. Anyway. <laughs> So I don't know about that one, but you know, I don't know about that one, but I see where you're going, James. I, I do. I do. <laughs> New habits must be as easy as possible. Not a challenge at the start. The point is to master the habit of showing up. And that I really appreciate because I'm trying to reach a certain hour requirement of volunteer service every month. And what someone who's already doing that told me is to just show up. So if I show up and I'm like, whoa, I need to be volunteering for seven hours today. That's daunting. That is hugely daunting. Sign I haven't planned properly. It's the end of the month. So <laughs> what I need to do is think I'll go out for at least one hour. And then, you know what? Somebody goes, would you guys like to continue? And you're like, I sure would mm -hmm. if everyone's doing it. Because, again, the crowd, I want to do what they do. What y'all going to be doing? I want to do it, too. So there you go. It is better to do less than you hoped than doing nothing at all. Make good habit, make good habits inevitable and bad habits impossible. Save half your order right away to avoid overeating, perhaps. Ask a friend to lock you out of your social accounts during the weekend, sending you new passwords Monday morning. Wow. But hey, maybe. I yeah, know. I guess. Um. I guess. Yeah, sure. Invest in tools that lock out the bad behaviors. Let's move on. Part six, <laughs> the fourth law. Make it satisfying. We are more likely to repeat an action we find satisfying. Delaying gratification is usually the way to go. Think about it. Like, uh, for example, <laughs> um, there are condo spaces that are rental only near near my home. And they're about four thousand dollars a month to rent. Who is this for? <laughs> I was trying to figure it out, but I know who people who do not believe in delayed gratification. You get all the amenities. You get the space right now for by renting for four thousand dollars a month. Do you know you can buy a home? You guys, that's still an option. <laughs> Maybe they don't want the responsibilities associated with buying a home. Okay, let's just talk about this for two seconds. <laughs> if you are going to rent a place for more than two years in my area, in the Chicago area for $4,000 a month, you absolutely can buy a condo at a reasonable price, pay half that monthly and sell that condo when you're done. 
it might take you three years to sell it. But listen, <laughs> let the reality sink in. And not only that, what if but while you, get you all there, your money back. what if while you there, the um, roof fall out? <laughs> your, um, your whole fee going to go way <laughs> up. Oh, it's a trap. Well, listen, I don't know. I ain't no real estate uh, mogul. <laughs> Why do y'all listen to this show? Oh, my goodness. Delay and gratification is usually the way to go, but we can turn delay gratification to our advantage. For example, open the savings account and every time you want to spend frivolously, add that money instead to that account and treat yourself at the end of the month. I love that. Treat yourself. Yes, this is what I'm going to do this one. Treat yourself to a massage for avoiding takeout food and working out. That's now, I'm going to start with a week, so I might have to have four massages this week, <laughs> but I'm going to try not to eat takeout food and work out every day. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's I a good it. prize. What? <laughs> yeah. Mm. What is immediately rewarded is repeated. So what is immediately punished is avoided. Make good habits feel immediately rewarded, if even in small ways. Habit tracking. Don't break the chain. Um, Back to Peloton. They're really good about this because they'll tell you your streak. Oh, you've been working out three days in a row. Do something today. Do five minutes today. You can do it. Oh. This will continue your streak. What they say? You know, stuff message. like that. Nah, you got to like open the app, which you could just close it and never <laughs> open it until you feel like <laughs> But when you do open it and it'll be like, oh, you only have a one day streak. You'll be like, man, but I had a 20 day streak. But you know who is better at that than I'll say is Duolingo because I be biting all the time. They send you a notification. They be like, you got like two um, hours left to get your stuff in. Just do a little bit. And I'd be like, "Okay, I'll do a little bit. (laughs) Tangential. But Duolingo is. I really would like to work with them on another project. Watch what I say. (laughs) But all I'm going to say is. We got comments about them. (laughs) Why do they send me notifications of what Alexis is doing? (laughs) This is borderline cult. (laughs) This is a cult. Also, are you teaching me a language? Because that's why I'm here. And I got questions. (laughs) Anyway, so. Let's move on before I take money out of my own pocket. So, <laughs> um, where were we? <laughs> um, <laughs> don't break the chain, you guys. Your last habit or action leads to the next one. So keep a food diary if trying to improve your diet. Keep a workout tracker if you're trying to work out more. Fill a jar with one paper clip for every chapter you finish in your book. Um, if the unit of measure- measurement is not motivating enough, change the unit. Okay. <laughs> so what that means is if, if you hop on the scale and you like, I weighed the same amount I weighed last week. Don't let the weight, don't let the pounds be the measurement of success change it change it again to maybe a a workout tracker and you're like oh I worked out five days in a row that's huge for me great so the this provides a record of your successes in which you can on which you can reflect so you can then uh, when you're not feeling motivated say oh but I've been working out every day for five weeks you know and by working out every day for five weeks I'm not talking about completely um, depleting your energy source and wearing out your muscles. You can change your workout to make sure that it is still healthy. So I just want to mention that I'm not telling you guys to like run five miles every day. That'll like 
ruin your body. But anyway, um, so yeah, um, reflecting on your progress will help motivate you toward future successes. How to recover when habits break down. Missing one time is an accident. Missing twice, what Bush say? A shit can't can't fool me again. <laughs> Show up even with your bad days. <laughs> Doing something is huge, even if what you do is less than what you hope. So I uh, use this with volunteer service. If I'm like, oh, I only volunteered for an hour today. Okay, but I showed up. I'm going to feel good about that. And I'm going to make sure that the next time I push myself, even in minor ways, maybe being more effective in my volunteering or a volunteering for a longer period of time. So accountability partners, they can change everything. You guys, um, one example that I actually thought was really good was if the president has um, someone suggested that if the president has a button um, that he can use to detonate an atomic bomb and kill hundreds and thousands of people, he should have to stab someone first to get to that button. <laughs> yeah, that was in he the book. He himself should kill one person by hand to really feel the effect of the thousands that he's about to kill. Um, so that's just not to get political. That's just an example of an accountability partner. So the James's suggestion is to write a contract to yourself saying, I'm going to do this for myself in this time period at this day. Um, sign it. And then have witnesses sign it also. And this, again, might seem like overkill, but knowing someone is watching can be a powerful motivator. We usually don't want to do anything that lessens the view others have of us. Um, That's a strong motivator for me. I'll say Alexis, it is not. So she can completely ignore this section. part <laughs> yeah I was I've been on teams with Alexis and I'll be like Alexis you not trying and she's like so <laughs> and if you start listening to her too much you'll be like yeah why am I trying I think it's specifically of a spin class we took a long time ago I'm still bitter about it <laughs> anyway <laughs> part seven advanced tactics so now we've gotten through those four laws again make it obvious make it attractive make it easy and make it satisfying now this is just bonus material here we go choose the right field of competition recognize your natural habits look i'm not a world-class painter if i start trying to be a world-class painter tomorrow I might be able to start painting, but it is very unlikely I will be world class at it. And then I'll feel discouraged. So the problem was I didn't choose my natural field of expertise. Choose habits that match your genes and your passions. So if you form a Venn diagram with everything in your genes and everything in your passions, what's in the middle? Let's let's flip that and, you know, exploit, exploit. Build habits that work with your personality. Exploit the areas where you win easily. Are you built to be a runner? Go run. (laughs) Are you built to be a swimmer? Go swim, Alexis. Explore in areas where you lose. So I can't swim. I've taken a million classes. I really need to explore this. And I'm never going to be as good as... The lies. So I'm never going to be as good as Alexis at swimming, but I can at least try to save my life once. I guess this is going to help me find my zone, the zone where I don't just work. I flow. And we talked about that with our um, everyone should be a millionaire. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. Mm hmm. So ask, when have I felt alive and when do I feel the most like me? And really, you guys, that's the end of the book. Should we take a break? We should. All right, let's do it. 
get the name now. Tiny changes, remarkable results, atomic habits, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones by James Clear. What you think of it? Okay. <clears throat> so I struggle with consistency and the habit stacking. I think it's called something else also. And I, I found that effective. So <laughs> have you tried any of these pointers already? Uh, since yeah, you read the book? I've tried um it's the habit stacking. I, I think he calls it something else in the book. I've tried that. I've tried to um like when I get out of bed in the morning, I will do my knee exercises um before I move on to the next step. So I set that out and I, I've been doing that and that's been helpful. But Actually, though, I kind of fell off. So, <laughs> so I'm going to just keep working okay. at it. I believe I'm falling off and getting back on. I'm going to just, just jump back on. But I did do it for uh, consistently for like three weeks. But then when I moved back here, I, <laughs> you know, fell off the wagon. Okay, let's get off of that. Okay, so what else did you think of this book? <laughs> do your knee exercises girl don't feel bad (laughs) listen I do love it I love the book I thought it was helpful I can't wait to I have my notes but I can't wait to um, implement the things that are suggested and recommended certainly writing out the habits that you do because I'm always like what habits do I have but if you go just right to the basic ones what I wake up in the morning I brush my teeth and you start Mm -hmm. there then you can look at something differently so I do like the suggestions in the book I would definitely recommend it and um and then follow up with the tips that are suggested at the beginning of how to benefit most from a self-help book. That's what I would do. So, yes. Yeah, I thought your your theme of the week was really helpful when considering this book. Great, great choice. Mm, thanks. For okay. discussion. And so what about you? Um, what's your final thoughts? Would you recommend this book? Yeah, I mean, nothing in here was groundbreaking to me. And there are like two or three quotes from Scott Adams that kind of threw me off. But let's move on from that. Um, I just felt like it was organized very well. And so it's presenting ideas that I've heard before, but in a new way. It's serving the same dish in a new plate. And I appreciate that. These are great ideas. That's why they keep coming up in um, multiple self-help books. Habit tracking, um, temptation building. I love that. Um, And I'm really going to apply this to uh, finance and health for me. Um, And yeah, and and just overall... tailoring my space for success. I can definitely do more of that. So it's, it was more of a reminder. I did think this was a book that I'd be referring to the way people talk about it, that it, it would be more groundbreaking for me and I would oh. be like forever changed. But I don't think it's really fair to approach any self-help book uh, that way. No, as you brought out. <laughs> yeah. So I was a little disappointed. I was like, oh, I'm still me when I finished. I was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> be better that's what it, this book could have been one word two one sentence be better <laughs> um so uh, it was good would i recommend it you know i probably wouldn't i probably would not recommend it um because if someone is 
I, I just don't know what world I would be. In. So the end of this book is full of, full of great sources that are more niche. So if someone is trying to um, improve their eating habits, I would probably recommend one of the sources that this book references mm-hmm. for um, something like that, that a, a source that I'm aware of. Um, if someone's trying to stop smoking there, there's a great source in here that I've heard of um, that's helped a lot of people. But this book alone um, no, I guess I wouldn't recommend it. I guess not. Um, I don't, I don't see myself referring to this book in the future, but at the same time, I appreciated it. So I'm very neutral about it. So would you say yeah, is that allowed? it was like a refresher for some things that you knew? Because that's one of the kinds <clears throat> of self-help books. It's just like reminders, stuff you already knew. It just floated back up yeah, to the top. Yeah, but I need those refreshers. And you just grab it a so, little yeah, bit. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. It was a refresher of things that I already knew. Um, but I appreciated the refresh, the refresher course. And I didn't feel like reading this was a waste of time. Okay. So I appreciated it. I just don't know in which situation I would recommend it to someone else. But it was recommended to me. So, I don't know. I really do have to think about that. Um because this book didn't change my world, but that's not what it was supposed no. to do. So I have to rethink what I expected from it. Yeah, no, they're um, never supposed to change your world because they really are. Of the books that we've read already, a lot of the same things are in both of the books. Uh, yeah, so. keep coming up. The best points are points we've heard before. Exactly. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's fine. So I'm very neutral about this book, but I appreciated reading it. Okay. Well, I love it. Thank you, Kari, for the selection. What are we reading next week? Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmas. Yeah, thank you. Um, Thank you for listening to Lit Society. We look forward to meeting up with you next week, Thursday. Lit Society is brought to you by me, Alexis Anaria, and Kari Herrera. Support the cause. What? Support the cause by leaving a five star review for our show. Five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And leave a comment on Apple about why you absolutely love us because we love you too. If you've enjoyed what you just heard, tell a friend about Lit Society. Visit LitSocietyPod.com for show notes, this month's book list, and to sign up for our amazing email newsletter. And until next time, readers. Read something. Read something.